Good morning. The singing really sounds extra beautiful. I think when we have visitors even, and it just helps along. So thank you for your participation. And greetings to all. I haven't greeted all of you yet this morning, but welcome. I, uh, I'm feeling kind of really weak this morning. I was not expecting this. I was praying yesterday for the message today, fully intending it was for Dan and Sam. So um truly going to trust the, in his spirit today. You know, um, I had to think this morning. Last night, I was at home doing some reading. I got a phone call. Brother asked, where are you at? I said, I'm at home. I want to go for a ride. Wow, okay, yeah, I've, I've never. Okay, yeah. He says, well, get ready, come on down. We'll go for a ride. Or, or we're, we're waiting, for, we'll be waiting for you. I says, we? He says, yeah, you'll, you'll be pleasantly surprised. So I went down and I looked and I don't know if all of you think about getting in the back seat of a car with a 15-year-old girl driving. That's kind of how I feel this morning. If I was up here all by myself, it'd be like getting in the back seat of a car with a 15-year-old girl driving but there was a really good instructor and teacher right beside her. If you've come to hear me, it's going to be a dangerous ride. With that teacher, she maneuvered around some sharp curves, some narrow roads, with a river right beside us. Well, I had to think, just in life, like in life, if we don't have, if we're not walking with the Lord, if we don't have his spirit to maybe tell us to slow down once in a while, maybe to speed up a little bit, be careful, we're entering into dangerous territory here. Hey, we need to go turn the other way. Where would we end? We even got ice cream along the way. It was a nice ride. But she was listening to the teacher. It was nice, a good lesson. Good lesson to have. So I hope we all here come to Listen to our teacher and not me. So we'll see what he has in store for us today. At First Kings chapter 9. And it came to pass when Solomon had finished the building of the house of the Lord and the king's house and all Solomon's desire which he was pleased to do. 
that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time, as he had appeared unto him at Gibeon. And the Lord said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication that thou hast made before me. I have allowed, I have hallowed this house which thou hast built to put my name there forever, and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. If thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked, in integrity of heart and in uprightness, to do according to all that I have commanded thee, and will keep my statues and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of thy kingdom upon Israel forever. As I promised to David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man upon me, upon the throne of Israel. But if ye shall at all turn from following me, ye or your children, and will not keep my commandments and my statutes, which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then will I cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them. And this house, which I have hallowed for my name, will I cast out of my sight. And Israel shall be a proverb and a byword among all people. And at this house, which is high, everyone that passes by it shall be astonished, and shall hiss, and they shall say, Why hath the Lord done thus unto this land and to this house? And they shall answer, Because they forsook the Lord their God, who brought forth their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and have taken hold upon other gods, and have worshipped them, and served them. Therefore hath the Lord brought upon them all this evil." We'll stop right there. Let's all kneel and pray. Oh, our Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name. Thou art so holy, so worthy to be praised, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to worship you today. Lord, I ask that you would calm the fears, calm all the anxiety, the anxiousness. I just ask that you'd give up peace and we pray that your Holy Spirit would be here and could teach us. Lord, we, we thank you for thy word, the promises you have in your word, the promise that you'll always be there with us if we call upon your name, and that you cannot lie. Lord, this gives us comfort. Lord, we, uh, we're thankful there's, we're all together here again. We thank you for bringing Joel back home safely, bringing Walt home safely. Lord, it's so good to just be all together here again today. And we thank you for the visitors we have here today. We ask that they could trust they could be blessed for being here. Lord, we pray for so many that 
Lord, have a desire to learn more about you. Lord, we just trust that you pray that you'd give us all of that desire to continue to be sanctified, to continue to grow, to search out your promises, your truths. Lord, no matter how hard that might be, no matter how much more accountability that would give us, Lord, we just we have a desire to reflect Thee in all that we do and all that we say. Lord, I, I know I, for one, have so much more to grow and to learn. And, Lord, but I know it's important that we have that desire, and so I pray that for every one of us, Lord, that give us a desire. Lord, I don't know what everyone needs here, but you do. Lord, I ask you to open the word. Give me the words to speak. Be edifying and pleasing to you. It's in thy name we pray. Amen. opened up here to Luke 12. Seems like we've read out of here recently. Well, we'll start at verse 1. In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, Beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed about the house, upon the housetops. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him which, after he hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Also, I say unto you, Whosoever shall confess me before man, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But unto him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven." 
And when they bring you into the synagogues and unto magistrates and powers, take ye no thought of how or what things ye shall answer, or what ye shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed, and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. I think we'll stop there. I think shortly after that, we just recently maybe read... We started reading here with uh, about Solomon, and we just spoke recently of Bible study. I think it was about Solomon and where he went wrong. Maybe it was last Sunday. Even we read about him. He started out so well. He built the. The house of the Lord. It pleased God to have him build the house of the Lord. He was a wise man. But the Lord warned him. He told him, he says, If thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked, in integrity of heart and in uprightness, to do according to all that have commanded thee, and wilt keep my statutes and my judgments, then... Will I establish the throne of thy kingdom upon Israel forever? All he had to do is follow the promises of what God told him to do. It was all his. He had great wisdom. He was a son of David. And he said, There, there shall not fail thee a man upon the throne of Israel. It sounded like it was all his to lose. If he followed what the Lord told him to do, his statutes and his commandments, serve no other gods, that's all he had to do. That's all we have to do. It's the same thing for us today. Seems pretty easy. As we can re- look back and read the uh, the story of Solomon, it's pretty easy to read the story and and ask, you know, why Solomon? Why? Why? I mean, why all the horses? Why all the wives? Why all the the wealth? Why? Why did you let it do that to you? So why do we? Why do we let things like that creep in? And we read here. In Luke, about a little leaven. Be wary of the of the ye the the leaven. You know, we we talked about Solomon, and he wasn't supposed to have a barn full of horses. I don't think he started out with just going out and buying, getting all these horses, and just one more, just a little bit.
Is that how it works for us also? Just one little bit of leaven. But we have these stories. We, have, we see what happens. We, we know what happens, when, what the outcome is when we don't com- uh, obey his commandments and follow his teachings. So, so why? Solomon started out so well, but he was warned. If he does not do these things, he says, then will I cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them and this house. And it says that in everyone that passes by, it shall be astonished. They're going to ask why, what happened? The Lord promised. That's what he's going to do before. And Luke here says, There is nothing covered that shall not be revealed. That shall not be known. That, kind of, that hits me. How often do we do things thinking nobody else knows it? Should we run everything we do through that filter as if we're doing it in front of a multitude of people? To not be ashamed. Not when we're tempted to um, maybe not respond well to a coworker, a spouse, with sharp words. Maybe to uh, look at that picture. Whatever it may be. I know so often I'm at home and it's just me. There's so many opportunities when you're by yourself, nobody there, no accountability. But we have to remember we are being watched. The Lord is watching us. And if we can keep that in our mind, in the forefront of our mind, in everything we do, I think that'd be a really good thing. There's a reason why it's good for all of us to have accountability in some way. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear and closet shall be proclaimed about the housetops. We speak evil of anybody in, in secret. I think we just read that recently. It was convicting to me. We should speak evil of evil. We should call it out. Wrong is wrong. But I think to speak evil about somebody, people, 
if they if we would not want to say it in front of them to them I think that's what it's speaking here of That's challenging to me It says be not afraid of them that kill the body and that after that can have have no more that they can do. There is somebody who can cast us into hell. It says, I say unto you, fear him. Don't be afraid of those who can kill you. I mean, we... Who knows, we might have persecution. There might be, we might have a target on our back. I don't know what the future holds. There are many of the, um, that were martyred. I w- I'll bet they didn't have a fear of the people who could kill the body. I think that should be another lesson for us. To not be afraid of the man, the people around us who can kill the body, but, but have a reverent fear of the Lord who has the power to send you to your eternal destination. Verse 8 here, as we read, it says, Whosoever shall confess me before man... Him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. Here just the other Sunday, I was speaking with one of the sisters over here. I don't see her now. But she was, I was talking about speaking with people that you fly with, ride with on an airplane. And I, I have a tendency to not initiate those conversations with people that I don't know, I'm not comfortable with. I don't know, is it because I'm afraid to confess the Son of God? I was convicted of that. She made the comment to me, We have a freedom of speech now. We have the freedom right now to share God's worth with whoever we're with, whoever we're riding in an airplane beside. Someday we may not have those liberties. Let's take that opportunity. I was thankful that she shared that with me. Because if we are afraid to confess because of what they might think of us, what they might say to us. What will the end be? It could be just a little bit of love in one area of my life that I, need, I, I hold back. I'm afraid to share God's word with somebody, with a stranger. It's pretty easy to share God's word with all of you.
Whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But unto him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven. We talked about this a little bit Wednesday night, about, the, about blaspheming, what that looks like. That's a word I don't like. It's a horrible thing to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. I don't believe that we can do that without knowing it. But I wonder, as we talked Wednesday night, I wondered about, we wonder if it could be look like people who have walked with Christ, been converted, made a profession of faith, and then walk away from it. I don't know. We know that's a dangerous place to be. So I think we should continually strive to hold fast, continue to have a desire to learn and to grow, and seek out God's will, Continue to um, deny self, not, not the Lord, but self. It says, but he that denieth the, me, the Lord, before men, is a horrible thing. For us to deny self and exalt the Lord, I think is a, I know is a great thing. And when they bring you into the synagogues and unto the magistrates and powers, take ye no thought how or what ye shall answer or what ye shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. Sometimes I... Last night when I was asked to stand here, I had no thought or idea what to talk about. But I prayed that prayer, Lord... Use me, use your Holy Ghost to teach. I don't know what to say. Maybe this is just a practice for what's to come. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Beware of covetousness. How easy is that to creep into our life in so many areas, so many ways. Especially in the abundance of things that people around us possess. I just drove by a house the other day. New house being built. It looks nice. It looks really nice. It looks like it's going to be a... And I, you know, I had to, that thought went through my mind. If There was a time I would have coveted a home like that. Desired to have a nice... Have that. But one of the lessons I've learned... I don't covet that no more. 
I look at it as all the work and all the time that it's going to take to maintain what we have. No matter what it is, whether it's... I, dr I drove by this morning on the way home and I went by a place where they had all these old cars, antique cars, all fixed up and they were all out in a big parking lot and for people to come and show, see it, to covet. I thought, wow, Sunday morning, such a beautiful Sunday morning. And all these people out coveting an antique car, hot rods. Where are we at? You know, yesterday, when I was on that car ride, there's numerous times this 15-year-old's teacher, every time we'd turn, said, which way are we going? Once in a while, she knew. Sometimes she didn't. Every time, which way are we going? I could tell it could, it reminded me of Peter, when Jesus asked him, Peter, do you love me? After a while, he got almost annoyed. He said, you know, I love you, Lord. And I don't know if she was getting annoyed. I didn't sense that, but I figured that she could after a while. Which way are you going? It seemed like, what's so important about what way are you going? She's, she's learning to drive. Isn't it more important to know the stoplight, the stop signs, the speed limits, the, the exit signs? He kept saying, which way are you going? I told her, I says, you know, it's pretty important to know which way you're going. Because we're just trying to get home. Aren't we all trying to get home? And aren't we trying to bring everybody with us? Which way are you going? Well, there's a lot in just those few verses here. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And um, you know, I was telling Dan one time, I had this black and tan coonhound. This dog looked great on the outside. I think he could have won dog shows. He, he was one good-looking dog. Um, but he ran deer, he ran a possum, he ran just about everything but raccoon, it seemed like. Inside, he was just rotten as could be. Matter of fact, one night I slept in my truck all night. I don't even know if I had my license, but that dog got me in a lot of trouble when I 
went home at seven in the morning when it finally jumped back in his dog box and I went home and mom and dad had seen I wasn't in bed at one or two, wondered where I was at. There's no cell phones, but that dog was rotten to the core, but on the outside it looked wonderful. And that's what these Pharisees were. And we're told over and over again, they were the keepers of the law. They looked great. But as, as Kevin here talked about covetousness here right here at the end, I'd be, that'd be equal, I think, to strife of the works of the flesh. And it says if we have strife, if we have covetousness in our lives, we're going to hell. That's what it says. So we can look really good on the outside, but if we're not clean on the inside, if we're not a good, this dog, like I said, was rotten as can be. Jason told me that your family planted, what, 16 pounds of potatoes last week, two weeks ago. So if you're selling those potatoes out by the road and you put all those little potatoes in the bottom of the basket and you have those big potatoes on the top, if that's what you do, that's, to me, that you're trying to get ahead. That's, I'm not saying you would do that. But I, just, I would just say that we just got to, the, the very next verse, for there's nothing covered that shall not be revealed. When I buy those bushel of potatoes off you boys, I get to the bottom of the basket, I'm gonna, it's going to be revealed that you're rotten to the core. And I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying everything's going to be revealed. So it matters... <clears throat> What we are inside. It does matter how we present ourselves. It does matter. Let's all be good-looking hound dogs, but let's make sure we know how to run. Let's make sure we're good, in the, good on, the, on the inside, too. I do think that a Christian should be neat. I do think a Christian should look the part, but there's way more to it. That's just a little part of it. Amen.